Before you dive into this exciting episode, I'd like to let you know about the Squash Playbook, your tactical blueprint for success. The playbook is written based on the most common solutions I have given to the people I coach over the last 20 years. It is the ultimate how-to guide for any squash fan, and you can grab a free copy right away by visiting squashplaybook.com or clicking on the link in the show notes. Are you freaked out by that hard-hitting hacker? Frustrated with running out of ideas against the relentless retriever? Want to close out matches more clinically when in the lead? Or do you need some mental tools to overcome bad calls by referees? These answers plus many more have been brought together all in one place for the squash community. The Squash Playbook is a practical toolkit that breaks down over 40 scenarios that are most commonly faced on the court. Each scenario provides the psychology and the strategy needed to get a positive result. Each chapter wraps up with the top six key points to keep things simple and practical. The aim of the book is to transform reactive players into proactive tacticians. I focus on breaking down complex situations into straightforward, effective strategies for those high pressure moments in a match. So why not grab your copy now and step onto the court next time with a clear head and a set of strategies to win those matches you know you're capable of. Please enjoy the show. So Bart, we're sitting down talking about the concept of pressure. I think this actually links into maybe a few of the other topics topics we've spoken about up until now and also maybe links to some future ones. Nerves and anxiety come into my mind a little bit and a lot of players suffer with, with the pressure of the situation they, they're going on to, whether it's the, the squash court or a business meeting or a, whatever environment they're in. And pressure can be something that just debilitates them massively. So I'm really keen to unpack this with you. So what do you think as a, as a kicking off point for this concept of pressure? Um, for me personally, I, I love I love pressure, like the concept of pressure, um, because I feel like it it tells you something about yourself. It's like if if I exp- I mean pressure is obviously not a not a it, it's not a how do you say it? like not a not a visual thing it's not like something you can see or like hey dad look there's pressure you know so it's something that's only exists in your mind basically um, and I think I mean, I mean all players I, I know all business people as well they they all don't like nobody likes pressure mm-hmm. I mean or you must be at the top and so playing so well then then you might be oh I love pressure because it look at it sharp sharpens my mind basically but in general. I feel uh, nobody likes it, but I always welcome pressure because it tells me something about myself, basically. And and what is that then? Yeah, so like, I mean, apparently, if I feel pressure, I feel the need to do something, the need to achieve, the need to perform, the need to succeed, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, in my in my work with my athletes, it's it's the starting point of of a huge amount of self-reflection. So I feel if you experience pressure, then congratulations, there's huge amounts of gains to be, to be made or possible if you have the balls to, to, to really self-reflect. So, Mm. so that's, I mean, that's a bit outside of our scope here because we want to do small practical tools. But for me, if self, if, if pressure pops up, I'm like, great, Hey, what does it say about me? And, and, so what does it actually mean? What do I feel when when I'm playing a match? Why do I feel so scared? Why do I feel so much pressure? Is it so bad if I lose, for example? So why is it so bad that I lose? So it's a bit like you mentioned. It's a bit uh, related to our uh, nerves and anxiety uh, podcast. Mm. Yeah, when we were you saying you saying the word why quite a lot there. I just want to pick up on that because you start to unpack it either with yourself or with a coach or whoever. And and you, I suppose when you keep asking that question, why you, you start to become more rational in your thinking, don't you? You start to go, okay, maybe the pressure 
is irrational thoughts and you're racing around and you're, you're kind of automatically going to the worst case scenario or, you know, maybe it's not as kind of extreme as this, but, you know, my, my partner is going to fall out of love with me or I'm not going to have a house to go to when I lose this match, you know, it kind of becomes such a big thing. And you're thinking about 500 steps along the way. So that questioning of why is a really good grounding effect, isn't it? Like you really start to rationalize those thoughts. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I still think, and I mean, if if I do mental coaching, I think I told you before in a, in a different podcast, it takes me at least two, three days to do the true self-reflection because, I mean, let's 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 assume we're all healthy, mentally healthy people. It, they're, they're like it's not like we're making up this pressure, and it's not like we want the pressure. So if we're not making it up, and we don't want the pressure, and it's still there, then it must be something structural, basically. Mm-hmm. So in order to tackle something structural in our brain, that's why I need this time for it. That's why I need this true inquiry, this true self-reflection to, to, yeah, to unravel this thing and find out like, hey, what is it? What, who am I actually? And what is this all about? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, yeah, that's, that's maybe a bit getting a bit abstract, but that's why mm-hmm. I say like to really get to the source of the, of the pressure, I really need like two, three days with an athlete to really like open up that skull and, and dive in basically. Mm-hmm. And yeah, for anyone listening, that that was a podcast that Bart and I did on on the ego. We did a whole long form podcast on that. So if you're interested in that, uh, check it out on Spotify. Um, but I want to keep unpacking this idea of pressure. It's all in your head, right? And I suppose do athletes and how do you think about this? Like athletes inflates the importance of the thing they're stepping into. You know, yes, there's obviously going to be important moments, and we can seize the moments in different situations, but. Life goes on, life continues, the world is always moving forward. So do we often overestimate and overvalue the moment we are in or the moment we're about to step in because we think, wow, we can we we are struggling to see like down the line, or we've seen the worst case situations down the line. So what I'm trying to get at is how can we start to de-escalate that pressure for that that next moment is it the stories we tell ourselves is, is it the way we start to again question why how do you think we can de-escalate it yeah i think i think first of all it's, it's very important to mention that um that that whatever you experience is is just um a simple uh your, your brain a function of your brain basically like the fight or flight mechanism like mm-hmm. we feel the pressure because there's no difference if there's a if there's a bear standing in front of us who wants to attack us or you playing your match like in, for our our brains it is it's the exact same experience so yes definitely we exaggerate it but there's no way around it because it's just the adrenaline in our body makes it happen so it's for me it's 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 purely a yeah a biological process that that just goes on and you can't just stop it over there mm. so so i think that's for me that's the first step that uh players need to be aware of like okay this pressure happens to me it's not something i do it happens to me because my body body is programmed that way and then we make it very unpersonal because yeah it happens to me it happens to you. it just happens basically because mm. yeah because yeah. i just used the wrong word it already happens to you basically mm. i like that because that 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 links into um <clears throat> the concept of acceptance so where you you're going okay we're going to enter this environment that we deem as important and and as we maybe spoke about in nerves and anxiety that actually when we when we want to be at our best we do need a bit of pressure you know because if if there's zero pressure we can be quite lazy and it can, we can get quite bored when we're overexcited and overhyped up the pressure becomes debilitating as well it's that inverted you i mentioned last time and so it's this idea of how are we, you know, the acceptance of 
we're stepping into something quite important. We're accepting that the adrenaline is now flowing around our body. And actually it's, it's probably firing off in our amygdala, that fear center of our brain that going, wow, okay, you know, fight, flight or freeze response. And what I find really interesting, and you might hear kind of sports psychologists or players talk about this, that they talk about reducing the pressure. They go, oh no, this is just any other match. This is, but it's not sometimes. If, you, if you're if you in an important match, if you're in a final, I think you can't bluff yourself that much that you go, this is just a training match in my local club. What do you think of that? Because I know a lot of people try and talk about pressure as something you can ignore. And it's something that's obviously manifested in your head, but we can't ignore it, can we? Yeah, I feel, for me, I, in my own experience, I feel like... Um... How to put it in English in proper English? Um, you, you like if you tell someone this match is not as important as you think it is. If you're trying to rationalize it away, like in a sense, like this is just your your local match or this is just another squash match you've played so many before. In my experience, this never works with athletes because their experience, their emotions, their their blood is still cooking. So so if me just telling them, oh, this match is no not important, I feel practically speaking. I don't see a difference in, in my player's face if I tell him this. So mm -hmm. for me, I don't think that's going to work. So yes, apparently it's important for you because you have you feel the pressure, because you feel the emotion. So yes, it's important for you. So I think it's it's the first step to acknowledge that it's important for you and from and take it from there, basically. Mm. And um, let's start to maybe try and unpack a few a few little tools because why mm. we're talking this today is 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 when pressure becomes a debilitating factor when it becomes obviously too much and i think we, we're getting the concept of we accept that pressure's there we accept it's a, an important environment we, we, we're entering this thing that and by the way one point i want to make a lot of times pressure comes from something that we're choosing to do isn't it you know so let's think about that like you know what if we're feeling the pressure of whatever we're trying to do it's very often not pressure that's enforced upon us. So, you know, let's talk about real pressure, you know, surviving the night to make, feed your kids so they can, you know, kind of be healthy the next morning. If we're really talking about big <laughs> pressure, I know I'm getting a bit kind of abstract here, but, you know, sometimes I think it's it's worth having that conversation with players. So before we talk about tools, maybe it's just worth about this, this idea of pressure is a privilege. You know, I, I've heard people talk about that, which I kind of quite like that concept as well. So what's your thoughts on that? The idea that, you know, what we're doing, <laughs> we're choosing this pressure. It's not being enforced upon us in a way. Yeah, definitely. I, I, and I tell my athletes all the time. For me, but for me, there's. A, I mean, I, I love to tell them because I think it's funny. I, 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 my hobby is squash, and I'm turning it into professional squash. Great. And now you feel pressure. So that's great. But you're the one who who made your hobby your work. So isn't it great that you're feeling pressure here? First of all, it means you're excited about what you're doing. Second of all, it means there's this fire ignited in you who wants to succeed in, the, in this area. So yes, it's a positive thing. So I remind them of it of every time. But practically speaking, again, for me, I like in the situation where I experience the pressure, it's not going to make me feel less pressure in the end. So mm -hmm. it's worth, I, I always, like I said, I always mention it to them, but it's mm -hmm. not going to change the pressure or gain, change their experience of the pressure. Mm. Okay. So no, re really good point. So let's talk about some tools because again, like I just mentioned before we went on a little side note, um, like how do we de-escalate the pressure? I, I think there, there's a few methods I try and work on. I'm sure there's a few methods you work on. I think this again is linked to nerves and anxiety because I think these two things very feel much like they dovetailed, but yeah. Um, any, any thoughts on some tools for pressure? Yeah. Yeah. So, so as a, as, as a quick, uh, quick rem reminder, I still feel like 
if you experience pressure on a, a structural or a consistent basis, then there is bigger work to be done. But that on a, that as a side note, because we're, we're not able to discuss th that here anyway. Um, for me, it's it's pretty simple. Like pressure is something that happens in your mind. It's something that you experience in your head. It, it's only in your head. And then, of course, it, go, it it drains down into your body in the form of emotion. But it starts in your head and it's it, it's been kept alive by your brain. So your brains keep reinforcing and keep keep yeah keep, keep this uh, this horror scenario going. Mm -hmm. So in a sense, if you want to stop this 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 motor who keeps reinforcing and keeps putting the pressure on, you just have to get your attention away from the head, from the place where it started, and from the place where it in the end only exists. That there's some energy draining down to the rest of your body. That's just a side effect for me. Hmm. So yeah, so that so that's for me the first step. Make sure that all the attention that's now in your head goes to any different part of your body. Any that's, any that's, thoughts that's, on 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 how you do that? Because that that sounds great, and I'm really interested to to know a bit more. Um, is it just the way you speak to yourself, or do you visualize or feel it going to your body, or do you like what's the methods there? I mean, I, I mean that that depends on any player. Like I know some players that put on nice music. Mm -hmm. And for like what for example, if you play squash, you're only gonna hit like a great shot if you feel your body basically, if you feel the record, if you feel the ball, if you feel your foots on the floor. So any activity that makes you move into your body and makes you feel your body is gonna work. So so one example is put on some nice music and and dance in your hotel room. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like you can dance with your head. I think if you if you put twenty uh, university professors on a dance floor, you'll see that <laughs> something's going wrong, basically. So, yeah. So th that's one example, and I, I think every player, every person needs to like ask himself this question. So for some people, it's music. For other people, it might be meditation. For other people, it might be a walk, a stroll through nature. Anything mm -hmm. that makes your attention move away from your body. Uh, sorry, from your head. Yeah. Two options: either in your body or to the outside world. And and if you wanted to go to the outside world. It has to be something or something very peaceful like nature, or it has to be something very funny or, or another example, which, which I personally like a lot is like, if you look at, um, uh, drama or very tragic movies, mm -hmm. if you start looking at tragic movies, it's so sad and all that, that you might be crying during a scene of the movie. Mm -hmm. And it's not only the, the, the sadness of the movie that you're crying out, but also the scaredness behind your own pressure that, that you feel. So, so you're you're very scared and you're allowing the emotions emotions to be there because whatever happens in the movie and then after that you feel very relieved because you let all the energy out of your body basically. Yeah. Nice. I really like that. That's some great analogies. I'm struggling to get 20 professors on the dance floor out my head if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we should try and run an experiment and see. That sounds amazing. Um, but that reminds me of a couple of quick little stories. Uh Laura Masara said this really interesting that um, you know, she was very serious, very straight down the line, and she always looked like she had to be really serious in her warm-up and the this this tagline of professionalism. But she tells a story about the super series final um in in um Dubai, where she's in a hotel room, and the hotel room is walking distance from the court. She's in the final. She's playing Renim Alwalili in the final, and for some reason, Laura just burst out dancing. She had some music on the hotel, and she just said it was really silly dancing, and she just completely let go. And she was, she you know, went down to the courts and was like, "Okay, well, I'm, I'm super underprepared. Like this is not normal for me." And she just played the best final ever. She just absolutely crushed it. And she said, ever since then, you know, she, she. Yes, there's a serious element to it, but there's also a letting go. There's also almost like a a silly element. So I love that idea of dancing and you said in your hotel room, but yeah, Laura reflects really big on that. 
And then um, just quickly, the second story, um, Tarek Moment says it really well. Like he says, okay, okay, so we've got a match at 8 p.m. at night and you've got your whole day now. So that's obviously a problem, isn't it? Like your whole day to kind of, you know, waste time and, you know, make sure that you're not building the pressure up too much. And he would do a range of things. But in particular, talks about just watching some light comedy, you know, just going on to Netflix, watching some light comedy. And actually what I'm trying to get at is distracting yourself so actually like positive distractions so you saying walking in nature maybe dancing uh, you even said maybe kind of watching something light so i think distractions are quite a good thing aren't they as well when you're trying to reduce the pressure a little bit yeah definitely i mean i think it i'm not it depends a bit on, on on where you stand with regard to pressure how many pressure situations you've dealt dealt with in your life so how experienced you experienced you are as a person but or as a player but the, the the head has the the tension to pull back your attention upwards to the brain so uh, i'm i just want to mention this as a kind of uh, cautionary note like if you if you feel pressure and you're going to watch your series or you're going to dance don't expect your mind to be be accepting that so there's going to be a, a massive pull from your head who's going to say like things like um, are you crazy? Why are you dancing? You're 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 almost getting into a very important situation. So the last thing you should be doing is dancing now. Mm. But that's only your mind who tries to stay in control. So so just be aware of this. Be vigilant and be aware that it might feel unnatural in the beginning, or it might also be like your head is struggling to accept what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's good to tag that, isn't it? Because yeah, like it would be remiss of us to say, hey, go do this dance and go distract yourself with this. And then all of a sudden you kind of thinking, well, I'm still feeling the pressure. My head is pulling it away from my body, but my, I want to let it go into my body. So that's a really, really solid point there. And what do you think of, of breathing, breathing interventions? Because I know breathing is a huge thing in sports and kind of correct breathing. And we talk about diaphragm breathing and kind of maybe even like the the, the four, seven, eight, and there's the five, four, three, you can say any numbers really, but there's all <laughs> these different breathing methods. And I know they talk a lot about that reducing pressure because apparently and again i've tried it like if you're really breathing deep into your diaphragm and you got your your hand on your stomach and feeling it go in and out they, they say this idea of the butterflies and those nerves and the pressure can it's almost not impossible but you really do reduce it so where do you sit on breathing yeah i, I mean for me breathing goes along the lines of all the other stuff we just mentioned which is great stuff but for me it depends a bit on 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 the intensity of the pressure you experience so i mean the reason I, I I got into mental coaching is because I was the worst. You know, like if I played a squash match, I, I, and, I, and I'm not exaggerating, I would be on the toilet at least four to five times before a match. So I seriously, before I did my Ironman, I didn't sleep for the whole week, hmm. like a whole week without sleep because I was already stressed on the Monday, although the event was on Saturday. So hmm. if you would experience pressure as extreme, extremely intense as I do, then all the things we just mentioned, like movies and and and, and breath, uh, breath work, etc. I'm not sure that's that's really like gonna solve your your problems. I think the one thing that you can do to to, to stay on this practical side is just to to face those fears in a sense that allow those fears to be there. So if you're really intensely pressurized, I think especially for for men. I mean, I, I'm a man, so it's it's hard for me to talk about women in that sense because I don't have my personal experience as a woman. <laughs> um, as a man, you always try to get to your cave, basically, right? I mean, not sure if, if you if you guys read the book, Men Are From Mars, Women From Venus. So, like, we always want to close ourselves off and go into a cave, etc. And, and if that if that happens, then the only thing you, you, sh- you can do is really f- 
voice these emotions to someone. So instead mm -hmm. of going, of course, you go in your cave first to cool off a bit, and then you voice your your emotions um, to let all this fear go out and all the scaredness go out and all the emotion go out, and then. Once once the tank is empty, then yes, we can look into into the smaller methods. So so that yeah. is a side note. So yeah, definitely, I'm a, I'm a big fan of breath work as well, but I only like it, like I said, if if the pressure is is within certain boundaries, basically. Mm. Yeah, and it kind of links back to to what we said there. There might be a bit of a deeper introspection with yourself, with a mental coach, like really heightening that self awareness. And again, not for this time and place. Um, so listen, Bart, I think we've done a a pretty good job of of unpacking pressure, talking about it, giving some examples. As always, I like to kind of try and maybe bring it together with a little bit of a conclusion and a little bit of a wrap up. So you know, any any final messages from your side? You've said some great ones already, but just the last thing for for people to take away with them. Yeah, um, as mentioned, uh, I think the first step would be to realize pressure is not, it's not me. Yes, it is me, but it's just my body who just like, we all have it. So again, it's nothing personal about it. Yeah, the stories in your mind are very personal because it's about your match and it's about your possibility of failing, etc. But in the end, the pressure you're experiencing 99% of the times your opponent experiences the same thing. So yes, it's not personal. And second of all, we mentioned a lot of examples as well. So I feel like it's not not always necessary to have like special, uh, how do you call it, like psychological validated uh, techniques. Mm -hmm. If a movie works for you, if dancing works for you, just just focus on what works for you. Get that get that attention away from your body, from your head, into your body or into the external environment. So you basically forget your mind starts to forget about the threat, basically.